Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show, episode 142. We have today, Nolan is back. Of course he is. There he is. Hi, Nolan. Hey, buddy. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year, I guess, yes, because it is our first episode of 2021. Are you excited about 2021, or are you like Janine was and cautiously optimistic? I'm taking each day as it comes, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's the best way of going right now, especially, you know, in, in well all across the world, really, bad things, bad things, and more bad things, but also some good things, some little shreds of light. Is this movie perhaps a little shred of light in the darkness? No. No, not really. I mean, it tries to be at some points, but then just, you know, kicks you while you're down. Um, But sometimes we like movies like this. It's an appropriate movie, I think, that we're talking about today, funnily enough, um, on episode 142 of the main show, of course. Nolan, what did you want to watch this week? To be honest, I wanted to watch The Last Man on Earth starring Vincent Price, not because it is a dreaded reflection of the 55th lockdown we've been put through (laughs) in the past year, but actually because I'm really interested in old sci-fi novels, and this is one of the earliest adaptations of a movie you might know from Mr. Will Smith, I Am Legend, which which gets a lot of love in my film circle anyway. Uh, I I I mean, well, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about uh, the the Will Smith movie I Am Legend over the course of this. I know that the last man, this movie, The Last Man on Earth, 1964, Vincent Price, of course, as the lead, um, which is always nice, isn't it? We like to we like our sporadic Vincent Price movies on the main show, don't we? We like to throw him in as as often as possible. Just for some fun, although he's not having a lot of fun in The Last Man on Earth. It, it, it really is as as sad and bleak as you may expect. There's It's not I Am Legend with Will Smith where there's a great deal of action and uh, shooty-shooting, weird CGI, zombie, vampires, whatever they are, whatever they are in I Am Legend with Will Smith. Um, but I've never read the book. The Richard Matheson book of you? I have not read the Richard Matheson book, however, it is something that I would happily order during this lockdown period after yeah. I have finally completed my read through of Sandman. So Oh okay. Well fair enough. Um I, I I am led to believe that The Last Man on Earth, this movie, is a very, very faithful adaptation. Um, as opposed to something like uh, something like I Am Legend, I also know there was a there was another adaptation in the early seventies, The Omega Man. Um, I think it was with Charlton Heston. Yeah, I think, so. I think you're right on that. Um, but out of the out of the three, um, it, it it would appear that The Last Man on Earth, this movie, is kind of the most well regarded, and certainly was the the authors preferred uh, version, even though apparently I heard uh, he didn't really care for Vincent Price as uh, the lead. Ah, well. It's one of those It's unusual to me. It's one of those stories where I reckon we're only a few weeks away from getting a confirmation it's going to be a miniseries on HBO Max. Do you think so? I could see this book getting like a the TV treatment for now. Oh God! Wait a minute. It's not going to get the the update to COVID treatment, though, is it? Probably. Do we need that? Do we really want that? We in don't. A, but in a miserable that's how... future where COVID that... has absolutely decimated the population. Not that it isn't doing anyway. There is one man. Oh God! The depression, Nolan. Nobody wants that. That would be terrible. People want happiness. I don't know. I've heard some rumblings about like a new version happening at some point. I don't okay. know if I'd ever watch it. I'd probably just read the book. I'd watch this movie. I'd check out the Omega Man because I haven't seen it, and I quite enjoy I Am Legend. 
Are we? Are we? Are we? Are we not talking about the uh, the comedy series starring Will Forte, The Last Man on Earth? Oh no, no. What, no that, that's no, a whole a completely different. different. <laughs> totally different. Not not relevant in any way. But look, the main takeaway I think from watching uh, Vincent Price's The Last Man on Earth is that it is one of those and I'll always uh, you know, we, we love Vincent Price when he's being a little bit twisted and maniacal and having fun and being smart and kind of quippy sometimes, but really the actual acting strength of Vincent Price is being a reluctant kind of mopey sad man who doesn't want to do the things he has to do in order to get where he needs to get to in the story and he he, i don't think it's ever better on on show than in the last man on earth because that's the whole story in a total nutshell he doesn't want to be there he just happens to be the last man He's had some sort of influence into the the original kind of um, science behind the whole thing and, and trying to find a cure for the vampire disease, which is a weird thing, isn't it? I mean, we'll, we'll get on to that, actually, because I, I like that the vampires aren't as much vampires, vampires as they are George Romero's zombies four years before George Romero. Yeah, is... I could imagine George Romero taking inspiration from this movie. I think he did. I think he did. Massive inspiration, because when you actually look at the way the, the vampires, and they are named as vampires, because there's garlic and all sorts thrown about in this movie. Um, I would not survive in a vampire apocalypse, then. I am heart Italian, and I cook with garlic and nearly everything. Yeah, you'd be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Throw some gar- throw, throw garlic there. Throw garlic there. I mean, don't know how religious you are. Do you have a crucifix? I, I don't it's own gonna... a crucifix because if I picked well, up a crucifix... If I picked up a crucifix, I'd likely burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of the same with me as well, you know, but it's funny like that. It's funny. Um, but they are named as vampires in, in The Last Man on Earth, but they do look, move... And in some ways, even sound like George Romero's Night of the Living Dead Zombies from four years after this movie. Which is weird, but also kind of cool that it was a little bit of a precursor to that idea of a survival story under those circumstances, I guess. Would you consider this a horror film? I think it's tough to call it a horror film. It's definitely, it's a sci-fi drama. Because there's not, it's tough to. It's obviously got horror elements because there's vampires in it and a a survival aspect. And, you know, some quite dark moments and and violent moments and and that kind of stuff. But at its core, it's a dark sci-fi movie with a hell of a lot of kind of really sad, bleak drama thrown in. Which isn't something, you know, I, I tend to go for a great deal. But, you know, it's Price, so we have to love... We have to love Mopey Price when he gets to be absolutely, perfectly mopey, don't we? I guess so, yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of his... This feels more theatrical from anything I've seen from him. Like, the way this story is told with the voiceover of him doing mundane activities it reminds me a lot of the way bram stoker's dracula is written okay where it's just like a series of diary entries and things like that yeah. and it's interesting to see that approach taken for a movie because i never thought yeah. that would work in a movie yeah it's a good point actually maybe there's something to do with vampire maybe people just like vampires and diaries and they just thought it worked I don't know, maybe maybe the actual book, I've not read the book either, so maybe the actual book is written in that way, in this sort of... I wouldn't be surprised um, if it is, because a lot of sci-fi novels take that. I, I believe the book of iRobot's kind of like that as well. Right, okay. In a journal format. Yeah, 
I think it feels more like I I know for sure World War Z is like that too. I don't know. I I'm not I've not I've not really studied the journal format when it comes to storytelling, so I can't comment much on it. But I'd imagine it'd be very difficult to tell a story that way. Yeah, which I think is is why when it's successful, it's really well thought of and well remembered. I th- I think it tends to or it tends to try to make the story feel more personal. Because, you know, it feels like you're reading from a real person rather than just a third-person narrator that's just there and telling the story from above. It's obviously kind of first-person, but also first-person past tense. Yeah. Just like, I did this. Um, And whether that person is alive or dead at the end of the story, whatever it may be, and this diary or journal has just been found. Um, But if you can do it well, I think it comes off as as really quite a unique way of telling. Certainly a sci-fi story, because you tend to think of... I mean, sci-fi stories are at their best, I think, when... You focus on one little person in the middle of a big whole event um, and just get the little story that affects, you know, that little story that's going to affect everybody in the same way or in a similar way rather than just the good versus evil shooty shooty battle of a sci-fi story, whatever that may be. I think of something like um, the, the day the earth stood still in that sense, in the movie, that doesn't so much focus on the fact that an alien has has come to Earth more than it it focuses on the kind of political lessons the actual alien can teach the world and kind of uh, integrates with society somewhat rather than just focusing on, oh, look, a big space. I mean, it does do a little bit of, oh, look a big spaceship in Washington, D.C., sure, because it has to. But it's not about any sort of battle. It's not War of the Worlds in that way, which is a, a battle story. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, you know, I Am Legend, The Last Man on Earth, is a, is a very, very personal tale in the midst of this horrible scientific event, which seems to come about from kind of nowhere not really sure where it comes about from it's just kind of there and we get the little flashbacks but it's still just kind of there and they're just working on trying to cure it they don't know how well we can't call that unrealistic anymore can we no no we can't no we can't it's sad sad those little flashbacks though when vincent price is with his family oh god that was hard to watch like his, his little daughter going blind and everything like yeah it's just, that's almost the most uh, horror movie feeling parts of this movie for me, is when it's stuff like that and you're kind of watching the plague, as it were, start to take effect on Enterprise's family and people that he knows, people that he loves, Um and just watching him try and have to deal with it as a scientist who's trying to work on getting cure, a cure out there for for people. You can see why three years down the line that this movie is actually set, why he becomes kind of the very straightforward man that he is at this point, because he's just like, if I see a vampire and they are in my vicinity, they can be outside. He doesn't care that they're outside the house banging on the door. They can be doing that all night as far as he's concerned. But if one of them breaks in, they're dead, and he doesn't care. Ultimately, that's his undoing. I don't know what you think about all that. I mean, to me, it's kind of... This movie doesn't feel like it's him trying to find answers for me. It feels like a guy just accepting failure. And, like, losing all will to live, essentially. And it's a sad existence because it's not, like, a quick thing. It's just him moping around, trying to find anything to entertain himself. He 
turning on music and not caring that it's attracting these vampire things. Yeah, it feels like the most realistic depiction of what I think a world-ending event would be, especially after nowadays. Almost reminds me of uh, the Chernobyl series, in a way. I see, I never saw that. How come? It's the way it's told, just uh, how... I mean, Chernobyl uses it in a way that's it's very graphic and very scary and very in-your-face. This is like the minimalistic approach to that, where all you just see is failure. You look around and you see a world that's just gone to hell. And the sad yeah. thing about it is there's no way to get it back. No. There really isn't. Um, or at, the, at least for, you know, 85% of this movie, you, you really don't think there's a way of ever getting it back. And look, I suppose it, that's the exact same idea in Will Smith's I Am Legend, isn't it? He's very much kind of on his own. It's a sad survival existence. Um, it's re- some really kind of upsetting scenes in that movie. Yeah, um, the uh, the difference, I think, with that one is that you get to know the dog kind of as a character for the whole movie yeah. in I Am Legend, whereas in here it's only near the end. Yeah. Um. But obviously, you know, both movies follow the same kind of plot, where eventually Dr. Robert... Well, that this is a weird thing, actually, as well, because the character's actually called Dr. Robert Neville, but for some reason they decided to morganify it up, which is the adjective I'm using, because that's my name, um, and call Vincent Price Dr. Robert Morgan... In this movie, for, for for no real reason, I don't know why they have to change things like that. I really don't. It always confuses me with Frankenstein, yeah. Henry Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein. I mean, who's real? Why can't they just have the same? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. There's clearly not a rights issue, is there? So just maybe they just make knew it somebody the same. named Neville who was a complete dick. Possibly. I mean, I would do that. Possibly. Who knows? Um, Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, there's... It's it's upsetting scene after upsetting scene in in, in this movie as well. Or or it's not, I suppose, emotionally overwhelming, though, as much as as it is just kind of monotony and bleakness and just... It's... How, and I understand that all this may not be selling this movie to people, but it really, the fact that it can depict these things in such a effective way, I think is the, the important part here. And look, it's, it's a movie that you can watch. It's, it's not, you know, any sort of strenuous movie to get through or anything like that. It's not hard horrible movie to watch just because it's quite bleak it's perfectly watchable but it does a fantastic like you said it does a fantastic job of showing a very realistic acceptance of just this this misery which is a nasty thing to think about because nobody should accept misery and we should all think positively and that kind of stuff, but it's a little bit hard to after the, you know, vampire apocalypse has happened, I guess. Yeah. We're not quite there yet in the real world, though. No. I I have a feeling it is that way because maybe back in the time it was made that might have looked silly and it might have distracted from the very real message that the story is about. Yeah, possibly. What would that message potentially be then, Nolan? It's sometimes you just fail. Sometimes you can try so hard and you don't get the result you want. But the the real hard thing about that after failure isn't the failure itself, it's going on living afterwards. You know, you look at these scenes in the movie and it's almost like a Dashiriko painting where it's just like a bleak city, nobody's living in there and it's just all the weird architecture and everything and I did see this on a Nerdwriter video recently, like, the world during 2020 became like a Dashiriko painting, and you saw all these weird streets just abandoned, and the architecture was the only thing there, and the way it argues it is like, 
imagine if you had visitors coming down and this is how they saw the world and it, i don't know it's just i feel this movie kind of puts that into perspective if you get what i mean it's like yeah i don't think it's a movie that's really trying to say anything it's kind of just it's a depiction of a world that's failed it's probably it could be seen as like a, a you know what we'll call it the ghost of christmas future movie essentially <laughs> Yeah, possibly. Um, it certainly does make you f- think about um, that idea of, of, of failing, though, and that it's a perfectly natural thing that can happen to the best of us because, obviously, you know, Vincent Price and his group of scientists are incredibly well-educated, incredibly well-dedicated people. Yet they still do not succeed in stopping this plague from happening. That can ha- that's not going to happen in the real world. Don't worry, guys. We can hope. This is just a movie. This is fiction. We we're have not talking a, about. We have a vaccine. Let's have the, hope. Yes, we're not talking about the real terrible time. Uh, we're talking about the fictional horrible worst case scenario time, which is is just not going to happen. So there you go. Um, but it does make you think. It does make you think about failure, and it can, I suppose. And I suppose this is what it's saying. It's it's trying. It may be trying to get an audience to acknowledge the fact that failure is is possible, and kind of. I don't know. Is it? Is it? perhaps kind of uh, trying to humble people as well in that way because sometimes we can get a little bit too sure of ourselves I suppose um, maybe Richard Matheson's just trying to kick all the uh, arrogant people down a peg or two I don't know maybe that's just one particular reading I kind of I can also read it as it's not only the world kicking him down, but it's he's constantly reminded of failure everywhere he goes. Because it, yeah. it does establish that he was a scientist working on a way to try and stop it, and he didn't. And I even kind of see this in the scenes with his family. He's very controlling, and almost to an uncomfortable degree. It's like, and I suppose that's just like conservative family values of the sixties, perhaps. But. Well, I mean, possibly it is, or perhaps it is just the character himself is just that kind of... Um, because he's obviously such a successful scientist, he comes to have that this that kind of inner belief in himself. And it's not to say that you can't have that belief, um, because you've earned that belief, and, you know, you are a human being, you are wonderful at the base level, whoever you are, uh, you you know you should believe in yourself. But sometimes, obviously, when it gets to a point, I don't know if it's academically or, or, or career successfully or whatever it may be, that arrogance can start to take over, and that takes over all aspects of life as well, not just your work. So we do kind of get that little bit of controlling behaviour from from Dr. Morgan, which is, I don't like saying Dr. Morgan, that makes me sound like some sort of parody character. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you have got that Greg House look going on right now. Do you think so? Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if that, that as a TV show, Dr. Morgan would ever, you know, work... I mean, what would it even be? Would it be me as like an actual medical doctor? Would it be just me being silly, pretending to be a doctor in various scenarios? But then that would get dark pretty quickly when I wasn't able to help ill people. I don't know. I've not thought this through. It's like a stu- like a student paramedic. You could try and save somebody's life, but you. Let me go through. I might be able to do something. You're just kicking a dying man in the chest. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. If 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 played right, it could be really funny. But I've got no way of playing that right at the moment. Um, and I can just think about misery 
and the last man on earth being miserable um because it really is i mean look it's not it's not the vincent price movie that i go back and watch all the damn time it's um, not but it's it's not really one i can see myself rewatching either i mean no but I, but i think it does have plenty of merits because no, if you take yourself out of the fact that it is literally bleakness, the movie. Bleakness, that's colon as well. That's bleakness, colon, the movie. You know, like Superman, colon, the movie. Mm-hmm. Bleakness, the movie. Um, if you take you know, yourself from the fact that it is that, it's a really, really watchable movie um, that shows Vincent Price doing what he does to the best of his abilities or doing what he does best to the best of his abilities because he is best when he is emotionally drained and reluctant and mopey and just but manages to get through the day and to an extent you can think about all the darkness and, and sadness that's in there but the fact that Vincent Price carries on, read it this way, the fact that he's carrying on, that's an incredibly strong will. And that is determination that we should all have in the face of absolute, abject awfulness. We've still got determination. We've still got our humanity. We've still got our determination and we've still got our will to survive so take that shred of positivity from this movie rather than all the sadness in the end but then yes okay the movie kicks you back down right at the end of course it does even when it gets to its most positive point and it looks like oh there's this other community of people that have uh, uh, that are somewhere vincent price is not the only person um but then they're kind of half vampires I don't really really understand that bit too much they're kind of turning I'd say like halfway through they don't like garlic but they're not they don't look like George Romero zombies yet maybe Um, they just don't like Italian food like that could just be us well, it's funny you should say you should uh, bring up Italian things actually because there's a lot of Italian in this this movie. Vincent Price is the only one in the movie speaking English. I don't know if you could uh, blatantly tell all the glorious early 60s dubbing that was going on, Nolan. It was perfect. I did not catch on to that, no. Oh, it was. Oh, there was people speaking Italian in this movie, but it was dubbed, and I love it. I love it. Don't tell me you don't love weird dubbing. I, I do enjoy weird dubbing. Especially I'm when the voice actor is speaking of course just regular English. <laughs> and it's an, it's, if it's an American movie or British movie, the lead, the one lead is the only person speaking in the, the, the movie's actual language. Everybody else is just speaking. I mean, it's the best in the Westerns. It's absolutely the best in the Clint Eastwood Westerns. Clint Eastwood general especially in the first two is the only one speaking english even the main villain is speaking in italian he's just dubbed it's great <laughs> uh well i should I, talk I about it. the ending a little bit please do i i mean in the will smith i am legend the dog sam kind of becomes like a character throughout the movie and you really feel that death at the end when he has to kill him here it's not that it's not as built up as much, but I feel showing that thing with his daughter and then sort of him finding a kindred spirit and looking after a dog, it, it, you can see it kind of, it looked almost like he was reminded of what being a dad was like. You know, he's walking around with the dog being like, oh, you're all clean and everything. Kind of like, I don't know if you were like bathing your newborn kid or something. And the dog in this one, I mean, I don't hate the dog in I Am Legend, but the dog in this one just looks a lot more pleasant. 
Was it maybe because he wasn't a violent dog eating up a load of weird CGI zombie vampires? Might be. I mean, I, lo- I love German Shepherd dogs and those kind of dogs. I like okay. any dogs. But this dog felt more like... It didn't feel like they were thinking what kind of dog would be here. This felt like someone just brought their pet into work. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. They possibly did. Uh, I like that, though. I like that, though. I think he does. He does find a, a kind of odd fatherly bond. And you get it in Will Smith's I Am Legend. It's kind of more of a friendship. Yeah, it's like, like as a, a man's kinship. best friend thing. Um, but it is definitely a, a kind of fatherly, I'm going to take care of you situation in, uh, in this movie. It really is. I do like that. But the, what about the what about the very end though, Nolan? What about the the final? What about the the other comparison? I suppose we can draw with Night of the Living Dead when we all think it's kind of gone okay, and but then, then it gets really shot. doesn't go okay. I mean, in Night of the Living Dead, it's showing it's kind of just showing racism and people needing a target. It is. It is here. It's like. I don't know, it felt more like a reminder of failure. It f- Do you know what it felt like? To- it felt like a... I don't know how to word it properly, but because the the group of people that obviously Vincent Surprise comes in- into contact with are kind of... You know, some of them are turning uh-huh. right now. So they're still a community, they're still together, but some of them are turning... And their uh, very kind of straightforward mindset of you have killed some people that weren't full vampires yet. You have killed people because you weren't thinking you and your... I mean, it's a little bit hypocritical, but you and your straightforward mind have killed everything you thought was a vampire without even making sure... So now we're just going to kill you and go about our life because we're better off without you killing every one of us all the time. We have our community. It's kind of like him losing all control and I guess it's sort of a happy ending for Price because he just he kind of accepts it in his last moments. He's like, I just want to be free of this. Yeah, he does. Because he does call them all, what does he call them all? Freaks and abominations and that kind of stuff. He gets a nice little... Nice little outpouring of Vincent Price emotionally theatrical moment, which is always great. Acting. Um, acting, exactly. For some reason, he's got a spear in his chest as well. I don't know why they have to use a spear. I mean, this this seems really unnecessary as, as, a, as a kind of overly un- unnecessary weapon. <laughs> a spear. Who, who's carrying around a spear? I don't know. Uh, it could have been just some idiot who was obsessed with Greek myths or some shit. Might be. Might be. He's reading the Odyssey <laughs> just... to pass the time. <laughs> He's just turned into one of the vampires and has decided to use his spear. I don't know. Um, it could be. It, can, it... it could be a twist on the whole crucifix thing, turning that into a weapon for him. Not possibly. Or stake through the heart, that kind of thing. Ooh, I didn't think about that, actually. That's a good point. It's a good point, Nolan. It is clearly a stake through the heart. Well done. It is. Very clearly a stake through the... They've they've completely... They have done unto Vincent Price as Vincent Price did unto them, and it is revenge on their part. It really is. That's how the movie ends. It ends in a vengeful way for the people you, you at one time thought were going to make this a happy ending. But it isn't. It's not. It's an ending like Night of the Living Dead, where the protagonist, you think they're okay, and then they shoot themselves in the foot, but they don't really shoot themselves in the foot. Other people do it instead. I guess it's the like, movie's happiness shoots itself in the foot. There you go. I guess when you look at it, nobody really wants to be considered the last man on Earth. No, it's a terrible thing to be. Yeah, as much as all the fucking introvert memes have come about because of COVID, 
I don't think anyone really likes being purely alone. No. Look, I, 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 Even I think you. a lot of the time... A lot of the time that kind of introverted stuff is, is more of a joke. Because nobody... Nobody would actually want to be in this situation. It would be a very, very miserable existence. It, and like, like we've said before, it would take an incredible amount of willpower just to see every day through. And we see, we get that right from the start of this movie. Just the the sheer dedication of to survive from Vincent Price. It's impressive. But no, you're right. Nobody wants to be like that. Yeah. So this whole, this movie is a whole thing about being the last man on earth, being alone, and being able to do whatever you want. Is not the utopia you think it is. No, it isn't. It really isn't. Um, and and I don't know. I I want to know what what became what you think became of the uh the the community of people who killed Doctor Robert Morgan. Do you think they just all turned and became a vampire town instead? I think it probably went somewhat like The Walking Dead, where some of them turned on each other, some of them died, some of them are still living, and some of them just want to die. And it's just a, ve- a vengeful uh, society. Yep. Basically. Look at it's The not, Walking Dead post-season two. That's what happened to these people. Okay. And there we go. Um, that's... that's all nasty that is nasty but look if for nothing else watch this movie for a, a wonderful wonderful vincent price performance and like i said take that shred of positivity about the will to survive that the movie does have in it and i presume the book has in it as well as does the will smith the will smith i am legend movie also has that in it although if I remember rightly, doesn't the Will Smith I Am Legend movie actually end with him moving to the nice uh I think so. It's been community. a while since I've watched it. Like, there's no horrible bleak ending in that it's actually quite a positive ending, but I suppose that works more for a Will Smith blockbuster from 2007, doesn't it? I guess so, the, yeah. Than, than a true-to-adaptation movie of the of the novel, yeah. I guess. I miss Will Smith. Do you? He's not gone anywhere. He's still around. I know. He's, still... he's just not as big as he was back when I was growing up. He isn't. That's very, very true. He really isn't. Which is a shame. Is a shame. I mean, look, movies still don't really exist yet do they anymore um they're, they're starting to exist again slightly <laughs> which is nice but they don't quite um they don't quite show they don't quite exist anymore but it, it would be nice to see will smith actually just lead full blockbuster movies like he was doing 10 years ago 15 years ago. I suppose it's quite a while ago now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, sad. Sad things. Sad things. I don't know. I'm not going to say I enjoyed watching this movie, but I appreciated this movie. I think that's where you have to go with it. I think really that is where you... Yeah, I, like it's not an enjoyable, entertaining kind of fun watch, is it? But it's a, a worthwhile one. And a, a satisfying one. And you will get... You will get something from it. You will definitely get something from it. It is one to add to your Vincent Price catalogue of movies that obviously we all own because we should. Um, but look, if you're into... If you're into fun Vincent Price, then it's, it's, it's maybe not the one for you. But it certainly is, I think, actually... Quite a good COVID watch. Lockdown watch. It's a good lockdown watch. Do you know why it's a good lockdown watch, Nolan? Because it shows a situation that you in lockdown will be thinking, 
do you know what? We're okay, because that ain't going to happen. It ain't going to get that bad. So we're okay here in our lockdown, in our 87th lockdown, like you said. Oh, what was it? 143rd lockdown. Yeah, that's the right one. Um, but it ain't going to get that bad. And we'll take we'll take into account the the hum, humanity's desire to go on in the face of adversity and what a lovely positive message that is what a what a lovely thing to kind of finish on to wrap up on take away humanity's mess humanity's will to carry on in the face of adversity in any sense in any adversity it can be a vampire apocalypse it can be being late for work but you go on you don't mm-hmm. turn back you go on because you want to do it and you have desire and that's so important embrace yourself love yourself you're all great i'm being very emotional today i don't know why i can see you're being very emotional and very movie very very theatrical you said theatrical before vincent price always gets me theatrical nolan what are you doing to me exactly <laughs> anything else you would like to say about this one and it's black and white grainy little well i can't say anything on that because i watched the in color version oh you watched the in color version oh how did that go actually i didn't know you watched the in color version i would like to know i didn't it didn't add or take away anything i would actually like to go back and watch it in black and white it works well in black and white because you definitely get a kind of moodier vibe obviously i'm sure but I don't know how the colour is. I don't know how the, the colorization is. Is it bright? It's not. It's kind of like the the moody filter on Instagram. Oh, is it weirdly colorized? Is it like it's not like the house on Haunted Hill colorization, is it? That it just is kind of brightens like that. everything up and it looks terrible. Oh god. Nolan, go and watch the black and white version for for God's sake. I probably will. Do you know what is a nice, uh, nice little bit of, of, of nice little bit of, uh, of movie trivia to wrap up this little discussion on the Last Man on Earth, Nolan? What is it? Is is that this movie was originally supposed to be produced by Hammer in the UK, directed by Fritz Lang of all wacky people that would have been a very different movie it would have been a very different movie I, 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 for some uh, i obviously think it would have been a little bit more of a creatively interesting movie because fritz lang was a very very creative filmmaker and but then if it's hammer in there it's probably going to be gorier there's not too much gore Fortunately, no. You you kind of you miss a little bit of that in a vampire apocalypse movie. You want to see a little bit of stabby, stabby, stakey, stakey, chopping off heads kind of thing, don't you? Yeah. Especially if it's Price doing it. Price the action hero. He's not an action hero. That would be a, a di- the different movie. <laughs> Richard Matheson would not have liked that movie. He liked this movie. Although, if Vincent Price, what I think if he was in an action movie, like when they got big, he would have been one of the bad guys. He would have been like Hans Gruber. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. I, do, I really don't. Um, but, are we, are, we, are we calling it there, Nolan? Are we going to talk about some wacky, nice, positive things to end the episode? I suppose we can, because I've got some wacky, nice, positive thing I'm very looking forward to coming out next week. What's that, then? I mean, you remember how peaceful that the internet was because there was no MCU movies and no DC movies coming out in the last year? Well, then a a DC movie came out (laughs) a couple of weeks ago, and people got angry again. Don't know why. It seemed fun movie. I still haven't watched it yet. Because I've not been able to go to the cinema, so shush. I I liked Wonder Woman 1984 quite a lot, but I was talking about WandaVision. 
Yes. Which looks weird and interesting, and I can't believe Marvel, of all people, are doing it. You do realise many people will hate it, don't you? But it will pro- it's going to be one of these... You know full well it's going to be one of these situations where a lot of people will be very vocally against it, but it will low-key be the absolute best thing the MCU has done. Yeah, I've been entirely. I've, I've been doing my homework, reading a lot of Vision and Scarlet Witch comics. If you've not read Tom King's Vision, I highly recommend it. It's very. Oh, good. I do. Yeah, I do believe it's quite a, a good uh, comic book series. That one, actually, I have heard very good things about that. But I am excited for for Wonder Vision myself. Actually, it's. Uh, do you know what? It'll be quite nice to get back into the MCU again. Because mm-hmm. it has been a long time. It's the t- long I, time I, we needed, though, I think. If this all came is... out last year as planned, it would have been like, for fuck's sake, you guys all it... just died a few a year ago. Yeah. You know I agree with you. You know I agree with you with that. It has been the break we needed from something as absolutely overpowering in movie terms, as the MCU, it really, really has. I think, you know, I, I think WandaVision will be better for it. And I, I am looking forward to to watching it very much. I'm sure I'll watch it quite quickly, unlike other things which I haven't watched quite quickly. I will, all. because I didn't even have to watch The Mandalorian to find out what happens in The Mandalorian. No, it's it was unfortunate. The 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 level of spoilery things that happen, Nolan, is ridiculous. So I think I think people are going to have to watch. Unfortunately, we live in that world, don't we? I we hope, are going to have to watch these I things hope, quickly. I hope I see my boy Quicksilver come back. I've heard rumors Evan oh. Peters is back as Quicksilver, which that Evan Peters. Me. Yeah, the, the Aaron Taylor-Johnson uh, Quicksilver never really did it for me. I know, but that's that's even weirder, because it's not even the, the the canon Quicksilver, is it? It's the other Quicksilver. Evan Peters is in fun. the show, and I don't know, it, it is oh, dealing with multiverse I, stuff. Well, yeah, that's a point. Oh, that would be good. I like that. This is going to open the door for so many things. I am excited. It will definitely get me back into a, a an MCU frame of mind again because Nolan I have not watched anything and I say this as though it's a proud thing I have not watched anything from the MCU since I watched Spider-Man Far From Home in the cinema I mean it's kind of the same for me to be honest and that was a while ago that was a long while ago that's a whole year that's a whole year of Morgan's life not watching anything MCU. And did I think that was going to happen again when I started? No, but it has. And like I said, we needed we needed the little bit of the break. But I am very very excited for that television show. It is it is like next week as well, isn't it? It is next week. Yep, and. Uh... I don't know if we'll do this on the show. Maybe people can comment if they wanted to see us. Since it's dealing with like sitcoms and stuff, would it be possible for us to like look at some sitcom episodes as a special or something? Like your I love your I love Lucy's and that kind of stuff. No, and I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I I like I like your thinking. Perhaps some sort of uh, shorter limited series is on the cards for that old sitcoms like a i can see us doing like a six six episode limited series it's a wonderful podcast the sitcom edition mm-hmm. where we just look at older sitcoms that would be good it could be an added piece of added piece of content a patreon bonus only for those who pledge 50 dollars or more no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, for everybody, of course. But that's a good idea. I like that. I like that. Because I do like old sitcoms as well. Like I've been looking for American an excuse sitcoms. to watch I Love Lucy. 
so yeah but we could go that we could go old british sitcoms be get really weird with it i'm into it great it's a good idea anything else we're excited for though uh let me think what else is i don't know watching anything cool I've honestly spent the last two days watching House on Amazon. Okay. Because <laughs> that show's okay. weirdly rewatchable. Did you watch the, 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 the Queen's Gambit Anya Taylor-Joy chess show yet? I did. I saw that last year. I thought it was very good. good. I wasn't a big fan of how they used the uh, black woman character at the end, but other than that, it was fine. I haven't seen that show yet. Um, but but uh, people seem to like it, so it's good. Aside uh, from the way they used that character, I would have liked that character to have done something a bit better than just okay. that. Okay, okay. But it is a very um, good show. I've okay. been reading a lot of comics recently. Good, because I have I couldn't be less in a comic book frame of mind at the moment. So I'm glad you kind of uh, taking that side and, and uh, doing it for the both of us i'm discovering a lot of like neil gaiman comics which are really good okay like uh he's he's done the eternals which i never knew about in like a nice little mini series he's done there's this real there's one you might like called 1602 where he takes the marvel universe and sets them in elizabethan england okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's funny are they all wearing ruffs and all? And oh yes, they are good. And of good. course, I mean, be. I think you should read Sandman. It's one of the best comics ever written. It's big though, isn't it? It's like a, it's like a lot. It's seventy five issues. That's quite small for a comic well, series. Is, mm. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's just always seemed a little bit heady for me. Is it is it heady? Would it be fair to say it's heady? I wouldn't say it's heady, but it does it does make you think about certain ideas and things, like okay. dreams and stuff. It's about the Sandman, isn't it? So, the it's... Sandman comes in the night and gives you your dreams and sends you to sleep, hopefully. And it's not the Sandman from Spider-Man 3. Unfortunately. Some people, or fortunately, some people Some people still say. get them mixed up, which is hilarious. Some people get the Sandman from Spider-Man mixed up with the Sandman who sends you to sleep and give you dreams. That's really concerning. If people think (laughs) that a actual man of sand comes into your dreams, then I think you're thinking of some sort of weird spin on Freddy Krueger here where he just kind of drowns you in sand in the night time. That's terrifying. On on that, you know what I've been watching on Netflix that I've been bugging you to watch for ages? Well, it'll be something that I'm going to say, yes, well, I know you have, but... Well, it's not not Cobra Kai, no. Okay. But the spectacular Spider-Man's finally come to Netflix. Mm, Yes, I'm going to say it. Yes, I know you have, but here's my excuse. I haven't really been. I have been watching other things. Um, and time is limited because lockdown doesn't mean everybody stops doing things and working, does it? No, it doesn't. No, you're, I am not you're, one of those people. No, you're not. You'd fight a good fight out there. Hopefully. In the freezing hope- cold weather. It is freezing cold. It is very cold. I've had to it buy thermal tights. Sleep. Oh, I do like I do like wearing thermals though, Nolan. Do you not like wearing thermals? They're so comfy and cozy. Surprisingly, the thermal tights are quite comfortable. I thought they'd be very <laughs> uncomfortable. You know, they're not not a not a restrictive item of clothing. They have uh, the uh, necessary. But I can't go uh, running yet because uh, after what happened with my ankle last summer. I'm no, we don't any, want that again. I'm not in any rush to go running on some black ice. No. I imagine it's even worse up in good old Scotland. It's foggy as fuck outside, so yes. Good. I like fog. Fog is scary, so I always like it when it's foggy because it reminds me of ghosts. (laughs) And I like to think that ghosts are walking among us 
in the fog. Much like the vampires walked among us in The Last Man on Earth. There's the segue back around. Nolan, anything else we need to say? Do all your plugs, all that good stuff, if you haven't. Uh, you can find me at NolanDean27 on Twitter, at NolanDeanWriter on Instagram, and at NolanDean on YouTube. I also did a nice Christmas special with Pumpkin Core Horror Podcast talking about three Christmas horror movies that are a bizarre choice. Of course, you had Gremlins, which yes, is pretty classic. Silent Night, Deadly Night Part yes. 2. Part 2? Which is just a recap of Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 with some other stuff. Why not just do the Silent Night, Deadly Night? I don't know, because I think because there's a recap in part okay, two. So it's... Okay. And, of course, the original Black Christmas, which is great. Yeah. yeah, it is. Lovely. Love that. It's great. Christmas horror. Christmas. Nobody thinks to... People don't think enough about Christmas horror, and they should. Even I... though it's not Christmas anymore. I want to see some New Year's horror. New Year's is a distinctly lacking holiday for movies there's barely anything there's that one rip off um, of love actually and that's it god i don't even want to know i do not even <laughs> just called new year's day it's exactly love actually know. terrible terrible i said i don't want to know and you've told me god damn it yeah starring the hey. girl from glee even better okay okay anyway there we go, I think, for today's episode of the main show, episode 142. We spoke quite a little bit about The Last Man on Earth from 1964 with Vincent Price. And, you know, do what me and Nolan like to do at the end of every one of our episodes, which is kind of do some fun current movies, TV kind of hype up talk nonsense, that kind of stuff. It's good. It's cool. We like it. We love it. It's great. But It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show, is of course not the only show you can find on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. It's called The Main Show for a reason. There are other shows, one of which is Morgan Hasn't Seen, uh, which is every Wednesday with me and Janine, lovely Janine. We, uh, we, we talk about movies that I haven't seen. That's why it's called that. Janine makes me watch things. It's fun. This month of January, we're doing presidential movies because, you know, the US is getting a new president, which is great news. And I'd, I understand that I sounded like I was saying that sarcastically then, but it is fantastic news. Yeah, four years truthfully. overdue for a president. Um, so so we're, we're kind of honouring... We're honouring... The, 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 the presidential inauguration by talking some fairly silly presidential movies on Morgan Hasn't Seen. So uh, go ahead over there and uh, and check that out. We also, of course, have Machine Mondays every Monday with Janine talking all her schmodown things. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered here on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. You can find the feed, of course, everywhere podcasts are found. That is Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and everywhere damn else. We also have the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon and be delightfully generous, just search on Patreon, It's a Wonderful Podcast, or patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one. Find the tier that is right for you over there. Plenty of new stuff coming in the new year. Plenty of new developments to to uh, content in general. It's a wonderful podcast, content in general. And, of course, therefore, the Patreon. But loads of stuff going up on the Patreon if you would like to go and support us on there. But I think this is about the time... No, it isn't. I've forgotten to say actually where people can find me, and that is at the Purple Dom on Twitter with a three instead of the E in the... Because three is, of course, the magic number. Or on Instagram, at Just the Purple Don. And the show, of course, the podcast itself, at It's a Wonderful One on Twitter. This is where I say goodbye, farewell, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. And I ask Nolan to see us out. Stay at home, stay safe, and be excellent to each other. Goodbye, guys. Bye.